0: Join me on my journey as I explore wealth in all areas of life. I'm your host, Mindy Kinnis, and this is The Lucrative Society. Hey, hey, I'm here today to talk with you about one of my all-time absolute favorite topics. That is books. I love books. I've always loved books. From as early as I can remember, I was reading, writing, wanting to be a writer when I grew up. And later in life, I always bought a lot of books. These days, I don't purchase quite as many, but I'm still a very voracious reader. I used to do a podcast called Biz Reads, which was specifically dedicated to books. Once a week, I would review and summarize a business-related book, and I'm sure that podcast is still available online somewhere if you're ever interested in that. But what I thought I would bring to this conversation about living a lucrative life was this love of books. Because here's the thing, myself and most of my friends who are entrepreneurs, the reason that we got into this in the first place was because of freedom. Freedom was something that we were wanting. For me, I wanted freedom of my time. I didn't want someone else to be creating a schedule for me. I wanted to be able to manage that and control that myself. I also wanted freedom of income because what I found in corporate America was that oftentimes if myself and, let's say, my colleague were in similar roles, but let's say I was awesome at that role and my colleague was not, we were being paid pretty much the same because there were usually these bands of pay structures And I'm like, why should I be limited by somebody else's budget, by somebody else's idea of my worth and my value? I want to be in control of that myself. For me, I also wanted freedom of location. I wanted to be able to work from anywhere. And the piece of this that really comes back to books, for me anyway, is that it truly takes a lucrative life to be able to have the time, quite honestly, to read. You know, if I was running back and forth between 14 different jobs, trying to make ends meet, how would I have time for reading? Or I should say really absorbing it and actually implementing the things that I read. It might be the case where I could listen to an audiobook en route to somewhere, but I probably would be so stressed out that maybe I wouldn't even be paying attention and definitely wouldn't have any time to implement it. So I see reading as truly one of the aspects of creating a lucrative lifestyle now if reading's not your thing it's all good i'm not saying it has to be part of your lifestyle but for me it's something that i love so much so it definitely becomes part of my lucrative life i love reading so much that i used to assign the team at lucra books to read and that was actually part of our staff meetings then (laughs) we would have team meetings discussing the book that we had just read together or how we could implement it better. So there is another sense of of freedom that comes about with reading. It's the freedom of ideas. When you read, you can learn so many different things. And I'm not talking about just strategy and business tactics and things like that. But you can learn about different cultures. You can learn about different ideas that different people have and understand different ways of the world That are not your direct life experience, reading completely can open up your mind to all of these different things. And to me, that is real freedom. So, what I thought I would do, because again, I could just talk about books all day, every day, (laughs) is I wanted to bring that into this conversation. So, I thought once a month, I could look back at the previous month's reads and talk a little bit about some of those books. I would love for you to be a part of this conversation as well, so let me know what you're reading. Check out lucra.com slash tls-32. TLS stands for The Lucrative Society, the name of this show, and dash 32 happens to be this episode So you can always find the current episode there by going to lucra.com slash tls dash and then whatever episode you're looking for, like I said, this one happens to be 32, head over there and let me know in the comments what you're reading. And I will say this, let me know especially what's really, really good. It used to be when I was in high school and when I was in college, I, I worked in bookstores all the way through college and most of the time I could look at those tables in the center of the bookstore aisles that have some of the the best known titles. And it used to be the case where I could look at those tables and I probably would have read about 80 to 90% of what was on those tables. These days, (laughs) that is virtually impossible. There are so many books being published, so many authors, so many ways of publishing books that you can't keep up anymore. So that's why I'm always looking for, you know, the best of the best. I don't want to waste my time with like, eh, it was okay. I want like, whoa, you should not miss reading this book. So if you've got one of those, especially, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. I've been asked recently in interviews about the way in which I read as well. And this is always funny to me when somebody asks me this in an interview, because I'm like, really, this is interesting. I, you know, I wouldn't have thought of it. But people were asking me how I take notes and what I do when I'm actually reading, because I have this kind of funny system that I just created myself. When I'm reading a physical book, I am huge about underlining things, marking pages. My mom always jokes about this because she was like, oh. I thought you were a purist, you know, just use a bookmark, but don't mess up the actual book. I'm like, no, I like get in there and I mess the book up. (laughs) So I have this system where if I fold up the bottom of the page, that's my bookmark. So that's where I'm at in the book. If I fold down the top corner of the page, that's something that like, I really want to remember. So I may have underlined lots of different things on different pages, but the ones that have the top notched down, the top corner bent down, that's like, go back to this. You're really, really extra, extra going to want to remember that. So that's how I do that. And then in terms of the actual notes that I make within the pages, if it's a line or two, it's generally underlined. If it's a whole paragraph or or a significant section of the page, I will just draw lines on the sides of that. And then specifically, I have these little notations where, let's say something makes me laugh or makes me smile. As a writer, I'm always interested in what creates that experience for the reader. So I note that. I have a little, it's almost as if I was drawing a a smiley face without the eyes. So it's like just a little smile. And I'll put that in the margin wherever I am laughing or... Something that is just like really super good, feel good, smile type material. Because then I can go back to that and see, well, how did they do that? Like, how did they construct that sentence? Or what were we talking about at that time? And I say we, like it's a conversation between the author and myself. And as a writer, that's how I think of it. I'm, I am conversing with the reader. So then the same thing applies for the opposite. If something brings tears to my eyes or I'm crying reading something in a book, I put a little teardrop, just a little note in the margin to remind me like this was so powerful to me when I read it that it brought up that emotion in me. And again, those are things that I want to pay attention to. And not even, it's not just as a writer, like I, even if I never went back to it in terms of the technicalities of the writing, I love being reminded of those emotions just as a reader. So I would probably use those notes regardless of whether I was a writer or not. So those are just some of the little things I do in a physical book. And I also use a couple other tools in terms of my reading. One is called Overdrive. It's a free app that connects in to your local library. So for those of you that have a library card, you can actually rent Books and they can come on either an ebook like a Kindle format or audio. What I love about Overdrive is that it's just a rental because I also use Audible, but I kind of feel like how many times am I actually going to listen to the same book? Most books, not that often. So, why fill up my Audible library with all these titles that I'm only going to go through once when I can borrow it from my local library? and download it to my phone just like I would do on audible and then it returns itself to the library in 21 days <laughs> it works out perfectly so that is called overdrive and by the way I will link to all of these things that I'm mentioning on lucra.com tls 32 so you can find everything that I'm talking about there with direct links so of course as I mentioned I do also use audible Sometimes if there's something I really, really want to read and it's either not available at the library through Overdrive or it has, you know, like a 24-week wait period, I'm like, never mind. <laughs> I'll just buy the thing and listen to it. So I do love Audible for that. And of course, I use a Kindle Paperwhite. I have the Kindle Oasis. And what I love about that is just having a light light on my book or in my book. The book is a light. I don't know how you would say that, but I love reading before I go to bed. And what's really been a pain in my butt <laughs> is having. I don't like those little book lights. I, this is weird, but for some reason, I just never got into those little book light things. So then the options are either have a brighter light on the side of my bed, like on my nightstand, which I do have, but. Stephen King mentioned this. He said, the problem is there's not always enough or like complete light on the page. And I agree with that. So the joy of Kindle is that the page is lit and that solves all my problems. (laughs) So that's really, really good. One of the tools that I use alongside my Kindle is an app called Readwise. And if you are a Kindle user, I could not recommend anything to you more. Readwise has truly changed my life. I'll tell you why. What it does is it collects all of your notes and highlights from your Kindle. Now, yes, those are in the Kindle itself. If you go under clippings in your Kindle, you can find all of those things. But really, how often do you do that? I don't know about you, but I don't do that very often. And even if I'm in there, it's like kind of a mess because it's all by date of when you entered the note or the highlight and it's like it's not that user-friendly so readwise is awesome because not only does it collect all of your notes and highlights it puts them into one place which is searchable you can use tags you can do all kinds of things and for somebody who likes to go back to their highlights quite frequently like I do it's super helpful and I'm actually going to be using it later in this show so you'll see what I'm talking about so Readwise is super awesome. The other thing I really love about it is it sends you a daily email based on your own highlights. So let's say I highlighted a sentence in a specific book. Well, every day, Readwise sends me an email with different highlights that I have done so I love that because it allows me to remember like oh yeah that was such a great line or oh I remember why I highlighted that or whatever but I would never actually go back and look at this stuff so I really really love readwise could not recommend it more highly and those emails are customizable so you can get one note per day you can get 10 per day you can get whatever you want so I love 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 read-wise. Okay, so let's get on to the books. I want to talk to you about the books that I read last month in August. And again, please let me know what you have been reading as well. I would totally love it. So two of the books that I read last month are in the same series. This is a series by Louise Penny. It is based on this fictional character called Chief Inspector Gamache. Gamache is French-Canadian and it is based in this small, small town in Quebec, sort of near the Vermont border. They're essentially murder mysteries. Gamache, as the chief inspector of homicide at the Sûreté, is in charge of investigating all of these incidents. When I started reading this series, actually I wasn't all that into it. I was kind of like, eh. <laughs> but as you will get to know through these various book podcasts that I do, I'm pretty snobby in my reading and that often gets me in trouble because then I miss out on good things like Harry Potter, which I eventually did read, and this Three Pines series or Inspector Gamache series that Louise Penny writes. When I first read them, I was kind of like, eh, yeah, like it's, it's super light. Like the stories are very easy, they're sort of humorous, sometimes almost to the corny side of the spectrum, which I'm just like, it doesn't, doesn't do it for me. And I also messed it up because I started with book three because that was the one that the library happened to have. And I realized quickly I should have started with book one. So then I backtracked and started again with book one and then have gone through the series. So last month I read book number 11 and number 12. And I would say this, if you're looking for something that is engaging, doesn't take a lot of brain power, (laughs) is just kind of fun, they're great. And here's why. The mystery itself or the murder that they're trying to solve in the book actually, at least in my view, is secondary to the whole point of the book. What's most engaging in the books is the characters and the relationships between the characters, the friendships, the, the villains that come up, that is what is great. And I also really, really love this Inspector Gamash character. Reason being, he is just kind, gentle, deliberate, thoughtful, and totally powerful at the same time. And I think it's such a great example of true power versus force, you know, just owning your power versus trying to grandstand or showcase how powerful you are again and again and again these stories show that that's not how it works like true power is often understated and to the outside observer may not even look like power but that's what's so great about this character is he is so solid So the two books I read, number 11 is called The Nature of the Beast. I gave that one three stars because it it wasn't one of the best ones. Let's just say that. And then number 12 is called A Great Reckoning. I gave that one four stars because it was a little bit back to what I think of as kind of the best ones. I would still say the best one I've read so far is number nine. I think she has 16 or 17 out now, so I'm still working my way through. As an example, I want to read you one of the quotes from A Great Reckoning. And how do I know I highlighted this? Because it's in my Readwise. I love this app so much. This is so Inspector Gamache. It says, It's too easy to feed the anger, too cowardly to stoke the hate. You must look inside yourself and decide who you are and who you want to be. Character is not created in times like these. It's revealed. It's revealed. This is a trying time a testing time be careful i thought that was pretty apropos to today's world (laughs) so i wanted to share that with you one thing to note if you did want to check out these louise penny books i would strongly recommend listening to them because the narrator at least for the first i think about 10 in the series was a gentleman named ralph kosham he was this older gentleman and he is so, so perfect for the voice of Gamash. Unfortunately, as you get into the series later, Mr. Kasham has passed away and so they have a new reader. And I don't want to say anything negative about this new guy, but let's just say I switched to Kindle <laughs> for the series after Ralph Kasham passed away. And let me talk about a couple other books that I read. One of the books was called Spiritual Economics. This is a book by Eric Butterworth. Butterworth was a unity minister, and what he talks a lot about is the more metaphysical side of Christianity. In this book particularly, he's talking about prosperity and abundance. So let me read you a quote from Spiritual Economics that I found pretty great. He says, right where you are, in your present level of development, there is a limitless resource of wisdom and guidance, of ability and creativity, and of substance and supply through which you can do and do superlatively well all that needs to be done. If you can let go of limited self identifications, if you can believe. And I love that because really, what is our biggest challenge in life? It's ourselves. Most of the stuff that we come up against that is our biggest problem is ourselves and our limiting beliefs. Finally, the last book I read in August was called The Dutch House. That's a book by Anne Patchett. Again, this is fiction. Anne Patchett's a great writer. She's always been kind of well known as just a really solid fiction writer. The Dutch House was recommended to me by my mom, and she said, if you, if you read this book, you should listen to it, because Tom Hanks is the narrator, and he does a great job. So I did listen to it, and Tom Hanks did do a great job. I would highly recommend uh, the audio version of The Dutch House. Essentially, it's a story about two siblings, a brother and a sister, who grow up in this very rich, gaudy house. Through a variety of circumstances, the sister ends up basically raising the younger brother. And the story is about their lives, growing up through the challenges and experiences, and then also the reflection back on, as they are adults now, and looking back at things that they either knew or didn't know or didn't understand at the time in their childhood. So there's a lot of reflection in the book and i gave it 4 stars mostly because the writing was pretty solid but i didn't love didn't really love the characters didn't really love the whole concept part of that is about just where i'm at in my life and really what i want to focus on and what i want to spend my time with i remember last year after my husband had died and i was i had a lot of time because i had just taken tons of time away from work and everything else So I was reading a lot and I was reading these books and a lot of them were were just about miserable people. People were committing suicide or people were having all these different traumas. And I'm like, I really have no interest right now in all of this misery. Like I'm so sick of these miserable characters. And obviously it's not like everything goes right in life. I'm not talking about that. Like (laughs) I did not want more misery. And one of the main characters in the Dutch house, she actually states that so emphatically. She's like, I'm sick of all the misery. And I was like, sister, I am with you. (laughs) I don't want to read a lot about miserable people. And I would say the Dutch house borders on that. I don't know. That one, I could take it or leave it. But like I said, Tom Hanks did do a great job narrating. And if that sounds interesting to you, um, I think my mom liked it better than I did. She gave it five stars and I gave it four. So maybe it's a, a time in life thing too. Maybe if I was older and looking back at more of my life, I would feel differently about it. Who knows? I don't know. But those were the books that I read in August and I wanted to give you a bunch of reading tools. And once again, please, please, please let me know what you are reading and what is great, like what are the ones that should not be missed. In future episodes, I will probably talk about, you know, some of my all-time favorite books. I am very, very hesitant ever in giving out five stars, and I give five stars only for the ones that absolutely like the best books I've ever read I love them I would recommend them to anybody so we'll get to those in the future next week I'll be back with an interview with one of my friends and one of the things that I've had a really good time with with these interviews recently is saying to my guest hey this is not going to be your standard interview of like let me ask you all these rote questions And you just go through an answer based on your expertise or your skill set. I'm like, no, I actually want you to talk about you. I want you to talk about your life, your thoughts, your beliefs, that kind of thing. And really what I want the listener to feel like is as if they're just sitting next to us in a coffee shop. You know, I'm just having a conversation with my friend that is normal and natural, like I usually would do. And the person sitting at the next table just happens to be overhearing it. So that's really what I'm looking at in these conversations. So lots more of those to come on The Lucrative Society. I'm Mindy Kniss. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to subscribe to The Lucrative Society on iTunes. And please leave a review of the podcast. Visit lucra.com for transcripts and resources, or to become a member of the Lucrative Society, where I coach purpose-based entrepreneurs on business, mindset, and heartset. Lucra, where wealth equals well-being.